It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Podcast. Welcome back. Midday show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillio, 215-592-9494. Get you aboard as we discuss an incredible performance by Joel Embiid. 52 points on 25 shots, likely sewed up the MVP, and the Sixers Barely, barely got by a uh, Celtics team without Jalen Brown last night to talk about it. And, of course, the Eagles, as we are just, what, 22 days away from the start of the NFL draft is Elliott Shore Parks. The Elliott Shore Parks call-in brought to you by Cozy Jewelers. Step up to the fifth seat. That's color, cut, clarity, carrot, and Cozy. Elliott, how you doing today? What's up? How you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. So how confident are you in those Sixers now there, Elliott Shore Parks? <laughs> Look, I think last night Joel Embiid should have earned the trust of the fan base. I understand being skeptical of Embiid before. Like we've seen what happens in the playoffs, right? But last night, I think Joel Embiid went from being one of the best players in the league to being the guy in the league. And I think there's such a massive difference in that. To do what he did to score those 52 points, to do it against the Celtics, to do it in prime time. Like that's the guy you want on your team in the playoffs. And there were certainly other parts of the roster that didn't play well. Like there's no secret about that. But the best players are the ones that still win those games. And Joel's not been that player in the playoffs. And he's not been that at certain points in his career. The player we're watching right now is that player. And that's why I think you should have a ton of trust in this team heading into what is going to be a very tough matchup against the Celtics. So, Elliot, what hits you more from last night? Because there's two things that really are on different sides kind of stand out. One... I think it's pretty clear, and you, you kind of just alluded to it, when they take the floor in the second round against the Celtics, they'll have the best player in the series. And typically in the NBA, not always, but typically, that player's team wins the series. But the other side is, they, they barely won the game last night with the best player, and the other team didn't have their second best player. It took, you know, right to the end, we, everyone's holding their breath, to just hold on in that game. Which, which side hits you more? They have the best player, or they barely won with the best player? So the side of those two that hits me more is they have the best player. Because if you look at the best players on each team, right, it's Joel Embiid, and on the other team, it's Jason Tatum still. I mean, you can maybe make an argument for Jalen Brown, but I think Tatum is is still the best player. When you look at what Embiid has done against the Celtics individually, he dominates them. They have nobody to cover him whatsoever. If you look at what Tatum has done against the Sixers, he's not been that good. He's been under 20 points each of the last three times they've played him. He doesn't shoot well. He did have that, you know, obviously that big shot in Philly uh, the last time they played prior to last night. But outside of that, he doesn't play well against the Sixers. So I think that what strikes me more is in, in like push comes to shove, they'll have the best player 
that also has the best matchup. Tatum does not have a good matchup against the Sixers, whereas I think Embiid does have a good matchup against the Celtics. But I also think it matters just that they won the game. I know, you know, you're focusing on that it was close. When you're a team that struggles against another team, sometimes you just have to win. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter how close it is, ugly, whatever. Just seeing that you can beat them, I think, really matters. So even though it was close, I think it was still a very important victory. P.J. Tucker gave us 11 points last night. Are you you starting to look at P.J. Tucker and think that we're going to get playoff P.J. Tucker now? Well, I think last night showed why the Sixers signed him. They didn't sign him for Tuesday nights in Orlando. They didn't sign him for, you know, the 30th game of the season when they're playing Charlotte. They signed him for those games. And P.J. has been bad this year. There's no question about it. He has not earned the $10 million. But if he can be that P.J., then he'll earn it in the playoffs, right? Like the fact he took those shots and made them, that's what you sign him for. You sign him for in the tough games against, you know, physical like rival teams that he's willing to take those shots and that he he makes them so yeah he's not been good this year but I think if you look at their prime matchups like the Bucks the Celtics I think he's been a much better version of PJ in those games than he has in in the kind of meaningless regular season games otherwise all right Ellie let's talk some Eagles here we were three weeks away uh three weeks in a day from the start of the NFL draft the Eagles hold the 10th pick the 30th pick I heard you yesterday uh, debating Ike on you know what to do with ten. Let's say both Jalen Carter and Bijan Robinson are there. Uh, tell everyone what, what your position on that and and uh, and why you think it's it's pretty obvious what the Eagles should do if it's Bijan yeah. or Jalen Carter. So if the two options are, are Jalen or Bijan, I don't even think it's close. Like I would almost trade the thirtieth pick in the draft if it meant that it, with the first pick, like at number ten, or if you have to move up for him, obviously if you were trading that pick to get Jalen Carter, like, I would do it. I think Jalen Carter is the best player in this draft, but I also think he checks every single box of what you want from that 10th overall pick. What you want from from that 10th pick is someone that, like, fits a long-term need, which he absolutely does. He fits a short-term need in the way that defensive tackle is probably the weakest position, like, that matters on the roster right now. But he also can come in and be an impact player for you. Like, When they drafted Jordan Davis last year, that was a draft pick in the way that he's a prospect, he's a great physical athlete, all those things. He was not ready to come in to contribute. Jalen Carter is one of the best defensive tackle prospects in the league for the past however many years. Like He comes into the league ready to rush the passer and collapse the pocket from the middle, and that's exactly what you want. So I think Jalen Carter is far and away the best player that they they could end up with in the draft. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, if they do, ha- Elliot, uh, and you mentioned the the trade up idea, th- does the red flags worry you with him? I mean, that that's as a player, I agree with you. He probably is the best player in the draft. I mean, four or five months ago, a lot of mocks had him as number one before the the quarterback thing got settled, and we figured out which team would have the pick. Obviously, he won't go one; it'll be a quarterback. But most people agreed with you. Like during the season, he's the best player in the draft. Do the red flags worry you with Jalen Carter? Not really, because I think the the things with the red flags is 
either they matter, either the team does their homework on him and they matter, or they don't, just, or they just don't draft him, right? So I think the Eagles have done a pretty good job. In fact, maybe a really good job in the past, and especially these past few years of adding players to the roster that don't have character concerns, right? I think, in fact, they've added a ton of really good leadership to the roster. So if the Eagles decide Jalen Carter, like he passes their, you know, the you know homework they do on him, then yeah, I have no problem with it. And I think the stuff, look, it's, there's serious components to it, but I just, I don't think I have enough information to tell you whether it's concerning or not, because I didn't, I don't get to speak to him. I, like, I'm not doing an investigation on what happened. That'll be up to the Eagles. But I think the Eagles have earned the benefit of the doubt in making the right decision. Yeah, you know what? I, I totally agree on that. And I understand that there is going to be a lot of people that, that feel some kind of way about him, and that's totally understandable. I'm not trying to sway them. But the Eagles are in the, in the business of trying to win football games. I, I mean, and that's, that's how I look at the bottom line. But he's such, like, watching film on him, that dude's a monster. That dude's yeah. a monster. <laughs> I mean, he could come and be a double-digit sack guy, right? Like, I know he hasn't done it at Georgia, but I don't always think that completely passes over from college to pro. Like, I, I think he will come in, and he's strong enough to, like, bull rush up the I know you're in the middle, so it's not as much like that, but he's strong enough to handle the interior, but he's also incredibly quick, right? So I think he has, in some ways, a lot of the same components Fletcher Cox did when they drafted him in terms of being a big guy but having really quick feet. So I, I think he... Yeah, I mean, he's everything you look for in a draft prospect. Yeah, I mean, and just to piggyback off what you said, because I really don't have a, a, a question, but it's just like, man, just watching film on him. We, we, I know we, we're going to do this, this, this Hughes. You know, we're going to mock him out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But boy, we might have to change some of the some of the uh, criteria because he's it's off the charts. Man, he's he's he's. Listen again, I am not going to try to sway anybody. If you feel you you feel the way you feel about what he was involved with, I, I totally understand that. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about strictly a football player. This guy right here checks all the boxes. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's an well, incre- incredible athlete. That's why I think the question That's why I think the question is not would you take him at 10. The question is, at what point do you move up for him? Like, if he's on the board at 5 or 6, right? Like, at what point do you decide, okay, we're going up to get him? Because while the B. John Robinson conversation is interesting, and I do think he would be a good pick at number 10, and he would make an impact, I don't see a lot of other players at 10 that have – the surefire impact that a Jalen Carter or a B. John Robinson does, right? So if you're the Eagles and you don't feel comfortable taking a running back at 10, like at what point do you decide that with that pick you have to get an impact guy and you attach another high-level pick to it to make sure you get him? Well, I think you're right. That is the debate now. I think if you ask most fans, would you take Carter if he just falls to 10? I think most people would just, you know, whatever their feeling is on, on his off-the-field stuff, would say, yeah, I mean, how do you pass up? He's at number 10. But trading up, that's a different story. All right, Elliot, before we uh, we wrap up here, I'm sure you've heard them. Ike was yelling them yesterday. Kyle, uh, you know, gave a, an impassioned plea yesterday. Of all of the Bijan or Bust arguments you've heard to draft him at 10, to draft him over Carter, like, of all the arguments for the running back at 10, which one you think is actually the most compelling for the Eagles to actually consider? I think the most compelling argument for Bijan at 10 is, is, is that like, if they draft him at 10, he could be the best running back in the NFL for the next three years. And I think sometimes with running backs, we get too wrapped up in the fact that, well, what about his second contract? Or what about year six or seven? The reality is, it is a short league in the NFL. Like, I, I get the, the benefits of drafting a position that has a longer career span, like Jalen Carter, right? Like, I understand that. But also, Bijan will come in and for the next three years be an instant impact, like, 
Every Sunday, the opposing defense has to worry about him. Every Sunday, he's making plays. He will be perfectly set up behind that offensive line with the other weapons and with Jalen Hurts and everything. So I think the biggest argument for Bijan is he is a no-doubt-about-it stud impact player at 10. And when you're picking this high, you have to make sure you get an impact guy. So I think being the safest pick and being the biggest impact is is the best like compelling argument for Bijan. All right, Elliot, we appreciate you hopping on. We'll talk next week and uh, enjoy. It's uh, it's officially draft season now. Like we're like three weeks it away is. now. This is great. It is. It is. I look forward to talking to you guys about all the different uh, possibilities over the next few weeks. Appreciate you. There he goes, right, Elliot Shore Park. Thank you, Elliot. We'll talk to him again next week. Hey, it's Elliot Shore Parks for Window Nation. Have you noticed your energy costs have been rising? Nationwide, energy prices have increased over 14% since last year, but it's not too late to do something to fix your high energy bills. Beat the spring rush with the last month of our off-season pricing at Window Nation. Get two windows free with every two you buy with zero down payment, zero monthly payments, and pay zero interest for 24 months. New windows will pay for themselves with the energy savings on your energy bills, and you will pay nothing for two full years with zero, that's right, 0% financing, saving you hundreds of dollars. Go with the window company that has installed nearly 2 million windows by installers with over a decade of experience only using top-of-the-line installation materials. Call 866-90-NATION and get two windows free with every two you buy with no limit, plus make no down payment, no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. Call Window Nation today, 866-90-NATION or windownation.com and tell them Elliot Shore Park sent you.